0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you. It inspires you. It challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Uh, Grab your Bibles, and uh, I'll be in the book of Matthew today. And uh, I want to help you on these last couple of Sundays to transition well uh, into this uh, new building As we have uh, built out this new space, um, here's what I have learned. I've learned that I don't know anything about building anything. Um, I thought I did, and I think there were times when I would think, oh, no, I I got a grasp on that. Look at me. I don't have a grasp on that. I got a grasp on absolutely nothing. Uh, There are more days than not that I walk into our building and think, I have no idea how this is going to happen. I have no idea. I don't know what these tools are. You ever worked on a job <laughs> you ever just and thought, I have no idea what these are or what they're for. Josh, brother uh, uh, in arms. We just kind of walk in and go, we don't really know what to do with any of this. And uh, you, you can ask me to go out and do something with a jigsaw. I'm not even certain I know what a jigsaw is. I heard somebody say that, and I thought I'd use it in this message. I don't know what a table saw is except something that looks like a torture device. I don't know how to hang sheetrock. I don't know how plumbing works. I still am not quite sure when you flush the toilet how the whole thing works, even though I saw them build the whole thing. I I don't know much. I am learning. I don't know a whole lot. Uh, anybody else? Are you like that? Like, I got two hands, but I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is anybody really good at that? Anybody? You know what you're looking at when you walk. Keep your hands up because I need you. I saw you. Yeah. I'll see you this week. Thank you all. I'll see you as we finish up. Um, We've we've had to make decisions. Another thing I've learned is everything costs a a billion dollars. Everything in the world is one billion dollars. Don't fix anything at your house right now. Nothing. Let your house fall apart. Don't fix anything because anything that you fix will cost you one billion dollars, and that's a fact. I'm not exaggerating. It's actually one billion dollars to fix anything, to buy anything. Uh, if I, I I don't know if the owner of Home Depot tithes, but uh, he's just the most blessed man in all the world. I just didn't know. I don't know what it costs. I don't know what I'm doing. And and so as we've as we've learned together, thankfully we had a good team around us of people who do know uh, what they're doing. And one of the things our trustees, the people who make business decisions for our church, one of the things we've we've had to do in this season is decide. What's a good value, and what are we going to build to last? This isn't our final home. Uh, we're, we're, in a, uh, we're leasing a, a place now, and we're actually already looking at land and building and what's next. And So we don't want to, you know, we, we, we want an excellent product, but is there a place we can find value? You know, where can we cut corners, and well, it doesn't have to be that, you know, it doesn't have to be that quality. Can it be this, and can we do that? And, there, and there's some things in your life that you can afford to do that, like when you go grocery shopping, There's some things you can get that are off-brand, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to me what the brand of green beans are, right, everybody? Like, it's a can. I'm not even totally confident that's a real vegetable. I've never, I don't know where that grows, or I'm not really sure about the liquid in a can of corn, you know what I mean? I don't know what that is altogether. It's really syrupy. Anyway. So it doesn't really matter to me what the, the label is. Are you with me on that, everybody? Doesn't ma- I can buy off-brand. I can buy off-brand uh, crunchy peanut butter. Where's all my crunchy peanut butter people at? Yeah, yeah, crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, smart people. Smooth peanut butter? Where's all the psychopaths? Smooth peanut butter? Yeah. <laughs> crunchy peanut butter doesn't matter. It's peanut butter. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how they make butter out of peanuts, but uh, anyway, at HEB, I could buy the HEB brand. I could buy Peter Pan. I could buy Jeff. I could, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I just like crunchy peanut butter the brand doesn't matter it, it'll last and it'll do good eggs the same way I'm a little weird about eggs anyway the, the fact that you're eating the souls of an unborn chicken but I, that oh y'all never thought of it that way that's what goes on up here so I'm a little, little weird <laughs> you're not going to eat eggs again are you I'm a little weird about eggs, anyway. But but when I go to buy eggs, I don't know why this dozen's ten dollars and this dozen's two dollars. I don't know why. I don't know why this are brown and these are not brown. I don't know why they're extra large. Are these fat chickens? Or I don't. I don't. Eggs are eggs. All right, everybody. Are you with me? So it, I, I can buy. It doesn't matter. Value is okay. I can cut corners there. But there's some stuff you can't cut corners in when you go to the grocery store. I don't care how much they try to tell you it's the same. Dr. Thunder is nothing like Dr. Pepper. Are you with me, everybody? It's an abomination. You never read this. It's in Leviticus. You skip over Leviticus. But it's an abomination to the Lord to buy Dr. Thunder. It's not the same thing. Dr. Pepper is a Texas institution. It was given to us by God, and there's no reason to mess that up and buy some off brand. I don't when I go to the cookie aisle, I don't buy chocolate sandwich cookies. I buy Oreos, everybody. Oreos have the come on. That's right. Come on. Oh God, there's I've I've done too much. I've opened it up too much, and the wild people are coming out. O- Oreos are not, you don't, you just, you don't buy off-brand Oreos. I buy I buy name brand cereal. I, we were raised, we didn't have a lot of money. I, I didn't know we were poor till I got older. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and, and now I look back and think, man, mama, we was doing bad. But anyway, um, mama had, we had two boys. I have a brother. And so she would buy the bags of cereal. That, by the way, if your mama buys bags of cereal, y'all not doing good. And so we would buy... <laughs> That's true. We would buy the bags of cereal, you know. And now that I've gotten older, I, there's no... Listen, I don't care if you call it Colonel Rocky. Captain Crunch is where it's at. Are you with me, everybody? It doesn't matter. You can... It, I just... I want the name brand. I want something that's going to last. I want... Like, it, I, there's some things you can cut corners on. There's some things you can't. Listen to me. There's some things in your life you can afford to take risk and cut corners. And not, it, doesn't, it doesn't really... And there's some other things that you got to make sure what I'm building is going to last. And as I'm thinking about moving into this new permanent facility, I'm thinking to myself, what are the things that last? What's the stuff I got to have that, that's valuable? What, what's the stuff I can't afford to cut corners on? I want you to build some stuff in your life that lasts as well. Jesus preaches the most famous sermon he, will ever preach the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He gets to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7. That's where we'll pick up if you have a Bible. Matthew chapter 7. We're toward the end of this sermon, and Jesus is wrapping it up. They're already playing the sad music. And Jesus is closing his sermon in Matthew 7. And he says this in verse 24. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine, the sermon that he just preached, by the way, where he talked about caring for the poor and outreach, and he talked about end times, and he talked about the the Beatitudes and the quality of a believer and what's inside your life. He said, therefore, anybody who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house. Everybody say, on the rock. That wasn't everybody. Everybody say, on the rock. He did not say he built it with a certain type of wood. He did not say he built it with a certain type of shingles. He did not say he built it with certain windows. He talked about the foundation that he built the house on. Then the Bible said the rain came down. Let me give you, I don't want to be negative. Pastor, I thought this is a positive message. I'm positive about this. The rain will come down. There will come a season in your life when the storm comes down. You may be in blue skies right now. But there will be a time that Jesus did not say, and if the rain comes. And he didn't say, if the storm blows in. He said, then the rain came down and the streams rose up. And the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone... Who hears these words, does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house, everybody say, on sand. Built it on sand. And the rain came down. And the streams rose. And the winds blew and beat against the house. And it fell with a, everybody say, great crash. Say it again. Say great crash. Say great crash. Listen to me, I am not near as interested, nor do I think God is near as interested as a small infraction in your life. I grew up thinking, man, if I messed up on a Tuesday, boy, when I get back to church on Sunday night, because we had Sunday night church, and Sunday night church is where you really got right, right? Sunday morning was Sunday school, but Sunday night's when we got right. Every Sunday night I felt like, man, I got to go get saved again. I got to go to the altar. We had real altar calls. We had altar calls with a carpet, you know, in my church. We had, and and boy, I would snot and cry and carry on and just, God, I lied or God, I messed up or, man, I did something I wasn't supposed to do and I just didn't want the rapture to take place and leave me behind. Anybody else raised like me? You know what I mean? So I, I just I didn't I I meant that and and listen I'm not I'm not giving you license to sin I'm not giving you a, a way out I'm not telling you it doesn't matter but I am telling you sometimes we major on the minor and 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 we think man well that that thing and I, I, well, you're gonna be out and you're gonna be out and here's here's the truth as your pastor I'm gonna trust you when you make a fall when something when you click something you shouldn't when you tell a lie when you lose your temper when you kick your dog when you use Christian cuss words when something comes out you know and that you're gonna quickly repent and go back to God, but one of my jobs as your pastor, look at me, is to prevent a great crash. Over the past couple of years, unfortunately, not something I'm happy to tell you, I have presided over, intricately involved in, a few great crashes, where the lives are torn apart, marriages fall apart. and. People, pe- people get hurt, and churches get hurt, and kids get hurt, and everything. And, and if I, if I, here's what I want to prevent in your life. I don't. I, I'm not trying to prevent. I, I, I am. I care that you. You know, no little white lie. No. I, I want you to live a holy life, but I'm really trying to. I, I want you to avoid a great crash. I want you to avoid that that life would go, life would just fall apart. That things that things would come. And listen. It doesn't matter when things are good. It doesn't matter in high times. It doesn't matter in blessed times. It doesn't matter when you feel right. It doesn't matter when the skies are blue. It doesn't matter in good times. It doesn't matter when the check's clear. It doesn't matter when the kids are good. It doesn't matter when everything's right. It doesn't matter when you get a raise. It doesn't matter when you're praying together around the kitchen table, and you think, man, this is the good life. It matters what you build on when the storm comes. That's when it matters. It matters when the rain comes down. It matters when the wind beats against your house. It matters when your family feels like the very foundations are being shaken. It matters when your kids go crazy when they turn 15. It matters when you're served with divorce papers. It matters when you're in the hospital in a health crisis. It matters when the economy tanks and you lose your dream job. It matters when your company downsizes. It matters when your teenagers rebel and you find a joint in their room. It doesn't matter when the sun is shining it matters what you build on when the rain comes down and people usually find god when the rains falling They usually wait till the rain starts coming down and the streams start rising up and they think, man, I got to get something. Man, I got to figure this out. Man, I got to get my life right. Man, I got to get back to church. Man, I got to get things together. And listen, if you're here today and that's you, I'm glad that you're here. I'm not telling you that's wrong. Please don't hear that. Please don't hear judgmentalism in my voice. But I would love if I could prevent a great crash in your life. Write this down in your notes just like this. You do not survive a storm because you're strong. You survive a storm because you're stable. You do not survive the storm because you're strong. Well, I'm strong, but my faith is strong. I built with that Jesus did not say they built with good wood, they put a good roof on it, they use great windows, they use quality doors, they use good shingles. They use, that is not what Jesus said. He didn't mention one thing about the strength of the house. He mentioned about the stability of the foundation. And, and your ability to survive the storm isn't based on your strength. It's based on the stability of your life. And if I want anything for you as your pastor, I want you to have... A stable foundation. I want your life to be stable because listen, the storm is coming. Now I'm not a doomsday kind of preacher. Matter of fact, I'm just the opposite. I'm not the kind of guy that. Talk, and I'm not. I'm not making fun. I'm, I promise. But I'm. I'm. Well, you're not going to hear probably blood moons and end times and and what's up and, and antichrist and mark of the beast and all. I just not. I'm just not who I am. I'm. I'm just not. It's just not part of my, my 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 calling. But I am telling you this. I think more than ever, I am. Cond- my theology may have even changed slightly about this, that it may get worse before it gets better. Y'all didn't bite that, so I, I okay, so I will scare you. Y'all want blood moons? I'll do that. I. I <laughs> Listen, here's all I know. I I don't believe you and I are given to wrath. I do not believe we live through the great tribulation. I do not believe that God's appointed us to wrath. I think in every part of the Bible, he removes the children of God before he sends wrath. He He does it every single time in the Bible. I think that's still the way. But Daniel said that there is a season before the great tribulation called the beginning of sorrows. And I do think we're in the beginning of sorrows. And I don't know how bad it gets. I don't know if baby formula is not bad enough. I don't know that economy crashing is not bad enough. I don't know that mass shootings and race riots and all. I don't know that this isn't bad. I don't know how bad it gets. All I'm telling you is that the rain is coming and the streams are going to rise. And what you build on matters in this time in your life. And you don't need strength you need stability. Listen to me. I am not trying to raise warriors who are strong. I'm trying to raise warriors who are stable. Who have something to put your feet on. Who have something when the whole world's shaking around you. When nothing goes right around you. That God is the center of your life. That you've got stability underneath you. Now Peter is there when Jesus tells This parable. Peter's there when Jesus teaches the Sermon on the Mount. Peter is the one that Jesus looked at, pointed his finger at, and said, You're Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against us. So if anybody knows about building, Peter knows about building. And Peter gets to the end of his life, and he writes two epistles. And I want to read from one of those letters that Peter thinks about building the church of Jesus Christ. That Peter thinks about how Jesus empowered him on the day of Pentecost. That Peter's thinking about how do I build this church that Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail. First Peter 2 and 4 says, as you come to Jesus, the living stone. Everybody say the living stone. Yeah, that wasn't everybody. Everybody say the living stone. It's the cornerstone. In the ancient world, it was that first thing that you lay. If you were to go to Giza in Egypt today, I'd love to take you. As a matter of fact, we're working on a holy land trip in the next two years. I'd love to be able to take you with me. And when we get there and you see those pyramids in Giza, more than likely the tour guide's going to point out that's the cornerstone. That's the first stone that was laid. Everything else in this pyramid is built on that living stone. And Jesus is that living stone. Peter said, as you come to Jesus, he's the living stone rejected by humans chosen by God precious to God verse 5 and you also like living stones are being here it is again Peter's talking about building you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ shout amen to that Two things I want to draw your attention to. The first thing is this. Peter says, Jesus is the first stone laid. Now, I know you expect this. I know you expect me to teach you this way. But I'm going to let you in a little back secret. If you ever come to my office for counseling, and I'm not a counselor. Matter of fact, I don't pretend to be a counselor. I'm a preacher. And so if you come to my house, you are I mean, you come to my office. If you come to my house, I got a gun. If you come to my office true story. If you come to my office and you need counseling, you need somebody, I'm I'm probably, I'm going to refer you to some good counselors. They're going to help you through it. They're going to talk about stuff. But if you come to my office, you're going to hear one thing and it's probably going to be this. Is Jesus at the center of this? Well, pastor, we're talking about our marriage and we're talking about communication and he doesn't clean up his clothes and she's always nagging and we're not here for that. You can go to a counselor to figure out how to communicate. But when you come to a preacher, here's what I'm going to tell you. If Jesus isn't the center, it doesn't matter how many Chores he does, it's never gonna last because you gotta build something that lasts on a living stone. You could come to my office and say, Pastor, I'm dealing with depression, and you can go find a counselor and help you, and you need to, and you need to get out of depression and out of that darkness. But what I'm going to tell you is, is Jesus at the center of your life? That's where joy comes from, at the center of your relationship, the center of your parenting, the center of your decisions, the center of your finances, the center of your faith. Is Jesus the living stone in your life? you got to build something that lasts, and it starts with him. It starts when people come to me and say, "Pastor, we're you know th- things are struggling financially." I don't look at your budget. We have small groups for that, and 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 I'd love to get you in a small group to help you get a budget, and pay off credit cards, and do that whole thing. Let I me mean, tell you what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say if you're struggling financially, the first question I'm gonna ask you is, "Are you tithing?" Because if you don't build it on something. If you if Jesus isn't that living stone you build it on, it doesn't matter how much budget you have, Jesus can't bless what you didn't put at the center. Are you with me, everybody? he can't and your parenting uh, I, listen I'd love to help you now I've got a 10 year old and a 7 year old do not tell me your horror stories about teenagers just let me figure it out on my own Just let me. I don't want to hear it I know it's bad I don't have a lot to say about it I don't have a lot of answers but you come to me and say my 15 year old's struggling my 16 year old struggling I'm telling you I'm not being mean I'm just being honest my first question is not do you drop them off at student ministry but you should my first question is do you take them with you do you serve and they see you serve? Do you pray and they see you pray? Do you give and they see you give? Is Jesus the center of this? Because if you just kick them out of the car for an hour every Wednesday night, you're not going to raise world changers. you got to show them he's our living stone. We built our life on Jesus. Our home is built on Jesus. We parent this way. We give him our best. Are you there, everybody? I I want him to be the li- he, everything's got to be in place Jesus is the living stone Everything else that finds its place Finds its place based on That living stone Write it down like this Jesus isn't looking for what's left Jesus is looking for what's first He's not interested In your leftovers He wants what's first Well I got work Okay Welcome to the club well, we got school. All right. Anybody else ready for school to be? I'm ready for them to go back, and I'm ready for them to be done. Are you with me, everybody? I'm ready. My wife. Just us? Okay. We have homeschool, so that's part of, that's part of ours. Like, well, I, I, I'll serve, but we have fa- football practice, soccer practice. We play two travel baseball teams, and we're on a fishing tournament. Not y'all, but people in first service. That's the schedule they keep. Well, I, I, I'd i love to serve, I'd love to pray, I'd love to get in, I'd love to have devotion, but I need me time, I need self-care, I need me, I need my space, I need. I just need downtime. I just need me. Jesus is not interested in whatever's left over after work and school and football and bills and vacation and me and my time and my space. No, Jesus said, I want what's first in your life. I want to be laid as the foundation that you build everything else on in your life. And if you don't, it will not show up. Until the storm comes. And when the storm comes. How you withstand the rain, the wind, the streams. Depends on what you built on. I'm asking you if you want a stable life to take inventory. Matter of fact, look at your life. Look for instability. And I guarantee you'll find the absence of Jesus. Look for instability in your life. Are there areas that you feel are unstable? And I promise you, it's an area you haven't built on the right thing. Are you with me, everybody? you got to build to last. Here's the second thing Peter said, and I'll let you go. Verse 5, he said, you also, First Peter 2 and 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. I love that language. You are being built into a spiritual house. I've told you this. I've taught you this. I write it. I email it. I text it to you. I say it all the time. But I'll say it again today, and I'll give you some Bible for it. Church is not the place you attend. If you just attend at a church, and if you just are, you, here's what you'll do. You'll go to five different churches, attending there and taking here, and attending there and taking there, and attending here and taking there. And There's nothing wrong with that when you're trying to find home. But when you find home and God taps you on the shoulder and said, this is home, you are not... To just attend and say, well, that's just where we go, or that's just where we attend, or that's just what I like on Sunday. You are supposed to find a spiritual house where you can be built into a spiritual family. Church is not the place you attend. It's the spiritual family you belong to. That's what Peter said. You're like living stones. And as a believer, if you build your life on Jesus, the next step is to build it with spiritual family. It's to find a spiritual house. You're being built into a spiritual house and a spiritual family. And I love the analogy of building a spiritual house. Brandy and I just sold our house recently and we're not going anywhere. We just, we sold our house, but in in our neighborhood, all the houses kind of look the same. You know what I'm talking about? And in Texas, I'm from the deep south, but in Texas, you kind of only have two, two ways to build a house. Almost all the houses in my neighborhood, it, it, one of these two things. One of them is brick. I'm pointing at the screen for brick. One day I'm going to get like a touchscreen or something, you know what I mean? Or like brick. Yeah. And they all look the same. You know what I mean? Like. You may have a different color, but they're all—I mean, they're all laid the same. All the walls look the same. All the side of the house looks the same. If you look across my neighborhood, they all—you know—it's all brick. And some people think when you get in church, man, all they're, oh, they're just trying to fit me in. They just need another dream team. They just want—oh, they just want another face in the crowd, another number here. They just want another brick. Jesus did not say He is building a spiritual house with bricks. He said the, the only other option in Texas I can find is stone. Look at this. The stone. He said, You're like living stones and you're being built into a spiritual house. Now, look at the stones. They're all different colors, they're all different shapes. They're all different sizes, and they're being shaped in and put in, and somebody's got this strength, and somebody else has this strength, and somebody's got this shape, and somebody else has that shape, and somebody's got this gift, and somebody else has that gift. And Peter said, when you get in spiritual family, when you build spiritual house, you don't have to look like everybody else, do what everybody else does, but you are called to build together on whatever God gave you, and the gifting you have, and the strength you have, and the shape you have, and you are a a living stone God doesn't expect you to be like everybody else He just expects you to find your place in the story I'm asking you as we make this transition together as a church family find your place in the story here's my strength here's what I'm good at here's the shape I have here's what I can do I am called in this area I do have this gift I do have this thing and see where God would place you in His spiritual house Based on your size, your ability, your shape, your strength. God knows you. He knows your value. And if you're building your life on the living stone, you can be placed like living stones in the family. And then when you are, skip down just a little bit in First Peter. Just three or four verses later than that. First Peter 2 and 9 says this. But you are a chosen people. Everybody shout people. You're a chosen people, and you're a royal priesthood, and you're a holy nation, and you're God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. He did not use one singular term to describe you, a believer. Not one term is singular. He did not say you're a person. He said you're a people. He did not say you're a priest. He said you're a priesthood. He did not say you're a citizen of a holy nation. He said you are a holy nation. He didn't say you were the person of God. He said you're the people of God. And we live in such an individualistic culture and we've Americanized the gospel so much that nobody tells me nothing. Nobody's going to fit me nowhere. And Texans are worse than all the other Americans. Nobody's going to tell me nothing or I'll shoot you. That's Texan. No, 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 nobody's going to tell me nothing. Nobody tells me what I do. Nobody fits me in. No, no, no. I'm, it's not about me in the kingdom. Write it down like this. God cares about you as an individual. But God primarily, His thoughts primarily are for us. And in the kingdom, it's always we over me. It's always we over. Over me, It's always the kingdom over my preference. It's always God's house over my, it's always God's plan over my thoughts. It's always the nation. It's always, if this is God, I'm a priesthood, not just a priest. I'm a part of something bigger than the part that I play. And I'm being fit into this spiritual house. And God is building a home. You have a part to play. I want you to build on some stuff that lasts. You can cut corners in some areas of your life. But this isn't it. You got to build on Jesus. And you got to be built into a spiritual house. And I know it's a risk to tell you this, it's sure a risk to tell it to the internet, but if this isn't your spiritual house, go find the one that is. Like I tell people all the time, I I don't know if it's good or bad, Brandy, we may have ran more people off than we won, but telling them, if this isn't your church family, go find the one that is. And be built into that spiritual house. Because when the storm comes, listen to me, when the storm comes comes when the rain falls down and the streams rise up and the wind blows against your house. It doesn't matter your preference. It doesn't matter where they meet. It doesn't matter how convenient it is. It matters that you are fit on this. You're in the, You're a living stone built into a spiritual house. It matters what you build with and what you're built on. It matters when the rain comes. I want you to build something Last. Jesus is at the corner and your spiritual family's next. As we move into this next season, I want to build a church that lasts, not a church that's new, not a church that's shiny. I don't want to build believers that are shiny and flashy. I want to build believers that are stable. That are stable when the rain comes. You don't have to be strong in every area. I just want you to be stable. I want you to build in a way that lasts and I want to do it together bow for prayer all over the house if you're here today and you say pastor there's some areas of my life honestly that feel unstable there's instability in a couple of areas of my life, maybe it's in your marriage maybe it's in parenting maybe it's with your teenagers maybe it's with your children I don't know really what area of your life feels like it's just unstable right now but if this message is for you, if you feel like man I feel like I'm I'm tossed maybe you're in the middle of the storm right now Maybe the rain's coming down on your house right now. Maybe the winds are beating against your windows and rattling the windows, and it's scary in your marriage, and your finances, and your emotional health. Maybe it's not raining yet, but you can see the storm clouds. If that's you, nobody's looking around, but if you want to be included in this final prayer, if you say, Pastor, this prayer is for me, I'm, I want to dedicate this final prayer to you. If that's you, would you just be bold enough to raise your hand and say, hey, will you include me in this? Hands are up all over the house, all over the house, everywhere, top, everywhere. Include me in this prayer. Things, theres just some instability. I see you, I see you. Keep your hand up, come on. I see you. I, I just, there's some unstableness in my, I see you. So Jesus, I pray for people whose hands have gone up and those that shouldn't. There's areas of their life that feel unstable. That feel like there's a storm cloud coming, and I don't really know how we're going to get through this. And the, and the rain is beating down. I pray for marriages that feel like there's wind beating against it. I pray for parents that feel like their streams are rising, and we don't know really what to do next. And I pray for people who feel like the economy is going, and my company, and I don't know where, I don't know what's happening in my life, and I don't know how things are going to turn out. I pray for them today that they would decide in this moment, I'm gonna put Jesus back as a living stone. I'm going to put him back at the beginning. I'm going to put him back in the, uh, I'm going to build everything. Let's go back to the basics where we should have been all along. I'm just going to, I'm going to turn my whole family towards this basic. We're just going back to God's word. We're going to go back to worship and prayer. And we're going to go back to devotion and church and serving and giving. I'm just going to decide to put Jesus at the center. And then I'm going to decide I need spiritual family to get through this. I can't do this alone. I I, I, I'm not, I wasn't made to face the storm alone. I'm being built into a spiritual house. And so I'm committing together to be in relationship with a spiritual family. God, I, I need some stability. I pray for that. Come on, I can't pray that for you, but I can pray it with you. I pray for stability in areas that feel unstable and broken and shaking. I pray that when the whole world is shaking, that they would not be shaken when everything's turned upside down, they would find a place that's firm, a rock, a foundation, a living stone. They can put their feet on and find a sure footing. If you're in the room today, nobody's looking around and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do just that. Never want to close the service without giving you a chance to surrender your whole life. Maybe you have, but it's been a long time. Maybe you know you're cold. Maybe you know you've kind of drifted back. Baby, you know it's not what it should be. I can't pray this prayer with you, but I can pray it for you. I'm sorry, I can't pray it for you, but I can pray it along with you. As a matter of fact, everybody's going to pray it along with you. Why don't you do that together with me now? Lord Jesus, I thank you for the cross. Thank you that you died for my sins. Thank you that God raised you from the dead. Here's the part that means something. you got to say this like you mean it. So I give you my whole life. I give you every part of me. Give you all the parts that feel unstable. I give you all the parts that feel like they're upside down, that feel like when the rain comes, I don't know if this thing's gonna last. I put all of my life in your hands. Save me now. Come on, tell them like you mean it. Save me now. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, We're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit CityHillsTX.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.